It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you wish to be on the program, I want to actually go out of the gates to Felicia, who's been waiting patiently. It is an open line Friday, so you can call in yourselves and talk about stuff not necessarily on the agenda like Felicia wants to do. And I'm going to build a whole statement of truth around what I think we're going to talk about. Maybe, I don't know, Felicia, don't screw up now. You have to make me look good. Welcome to the program. (laughs) Okay, thanks for taking my call. I'm a day late. I really had a comment about the abortion argument yesterday. Um, I just don't understand why we're still having this conversation about abortion instead of making women take responsibility for their reproductive health. And I know that that's not a popular, (laughs) I know that's not popular, but we even have the morning after pill now, which I'm assuming is still being given. If you've, you know, been involved in sexual assault, yeah, you have by the, the way, of you, should, you should know that at the Supreme Court on Wednesday, uh, abortion rights activists were popping the morning after pill in display, uh, which made it sound almost more like they were taking some sort of religious communion in their advocacy of it. Um, so l- l- let me let me talk to you about this. And, and I'm glad you called in because I'm, I'm going to go where angels fear to tread and where um, men on conservative talk radio probably should not. With the exception of rape and sexual assault, having sex is a choice. And how you have sex is a choice. And I think we can say and probably should say that by making it as riskless as possible and as consequence-free, We have severed the act from the function of the act to reproduce. 
and there are plenty of people who want the enjoyment of it without the consequence of it. And we should, well, what the hell, might as well. Oh, boy. You know, there's an emotional connection that comes with it, and there is a, a, a bit of psychic trauma, I think, that happens when you separate that connection from that act. And I don't think it leads to good places in society and, and the, the cultural waste that happens when we do that. And I realize we talk about it, it's it's your free choice to decide what you want to do with it. We make um, birth control as readily available as possible. I still think we should make the pill over the counter. I, I don't think you should have to have a doctor's prescription at this point to get it. But I do think that you, you shouldn't be able to escape from the consequences of your choice. And abortion is in some cases used as a form of birth control. And we should also be very honest about something else that we're not supposed to talk about. They have politicized the science on abortion and the health factor and health risks of having repeated abortions, both the risks of making it harder and harder to have children. And, you know, there is some research out there that shows a a link to health effects, negative health effects from having abortions, but the pro-abortion people have worked overtime to pollute it and discredit it, and I don't think when you actually look at the data you can discredit it, but my gosh, you bring it up, and it is like a ferociousness. The hounds of hell come after you when you bring that up, but it's just the truth. Part of the problem with science these days is we politicize it so much, whether it's transgenderism or abortion, you name it, uh, where suddenly you've got political activists as scientists and scientists as political activists who obfuscate the science or pollute the science to try to get where they want. And there actually is a body of evidence out there and research that shows that uh, repeated abortions uh, elevate the risks of cancer and, and sterility and things like that. But, oh, you're not allowed to talk about that, and I'm sure they will come after me today for having talked about it and, and trying to discredit me and discredit that science. But, you know— You can go read the research yourself. You can certainly read the people who discredit the research. You should, but then read the research and the people who actually advocate and and suggest the research is sound. There is an entire PR campaign out there on the left, and now why? See, Felicia, I told you, if you're still listening, I wasn't going to go there, but now I'm going to go there. It's all your fault. Abortion is a sacrament in the religion of the left. You know what? There's no such thing as an atheist. I know some of you say you're an atheist because I get the angry emails from people who want to debate me on religion. Some of you say you're an atheist. There is no God. You know, just because you don't believe in God doesn't mean he doesn't believe in you. And just because you say there is no God doesn't mean there isn't. You say there's no evidence for God. I say there's no evidence for there not being a God. You, you, you say, well, it's all a big bang. Well, what was before the big bang? You don't know. I know. There was something that caused a reaction that caused a spark of energy from nothing that created an entire universe and a sentient being on, on a planet. And there's, there's, it starts to sound over time like maybe there is a God. There's some uh, organized order of it. 
there are rules, mathematical rules and physics that are laying it out in an orderly process, we can begin to understand at some point that whole thing begins to look like a creator, whether you call it the divine or not. There is something there. And you can be a believer of one of the many religions on planet Earth, or you can be a believer in atheism. And atheism itself is a religion. It's an anti-theist religion, but it's a religion. You worship something. Every single one of you listening to me right now worships something. Our minds are perpetual factories of idols. You worship something. You may not think of it in that way. You're not getting up on a Saturday or Sunday and going to some place to actually like commune with other people, unless you're into CrossFit. But you worship something. You idolize something. You value something. You see something that's greater than yourself. Where you give your money, your time, and your energy tends to be what you worship. Now, some of you say, well, I don't give my time and energy other than to work. Well, then you're, you worship your work. As an aside, I know what I'm talking about on that. Y'all... I shouldn't say that. Uh, this is the hour of Eric saying the things he shouldn't say. If I could do my job all the time, I love my job. Now, I got to tell you, I was doing six straight hours of talk radio for a while, and it looked like to kill me. I at least need to get up for an hour or two and stretch. I was doing so much. I haven't told you all the story, but I was sitting for so long every day doing talk radio. I got clots in my lungs again a while back. just not moving, not sitting. I didn't have a standing desk. But for a while, I was doing five hours of radio, and I had a break in between of a few hours, and my gosh, I could do that. You know, I have a lot of stations in Georgia. If I could do a fourth hour of radio, and it would just be the Georgia hour, and the rest of you nationally didn't have to hear me talk about Georgia, oh, I would do that in a heartbeat, probably for free. I love my job. I risk worshiping my job. I love it. Shut up, Big Farmer Jr. I'll do it for free for you, but we better talk to my agent first. <laughs> One more hour on just Georgia. But, y'all, I, I love my job, and, and so I get it. I get the workaholic. I, I get it. I mean, I would do this on the weekend. I, just, I love it. I love being here with you guys. We all worship something. You either worship the real thing, the real creator, you worship something else. And for a lot of people who have become secularists, who've fallen out of worship of the real creator, who worship creation, abortion is their sacrament. And it's not, there's nothing new under the sun. It is the same thing that happened thousands of years ago. It is sacrifice to Moloch. You know, 5,000 years ago in uh, the, the Middle East— the tribes of the Middle East would sacrifice children to Moloch for a good harvest. Now you have environmentalists advocating for abortion to save the planet. There is no difference. Before the Supreme Court, you had religious people there praying, chanting, singing, and taking morning-after pills, worshiping together, in defense of abortion rights, you also had Catholics and Protestants and Orthodox there worshiping together against it. You had Sonia Sotomayor on the bench at the Supreme Court trying to say it was all about religion. It was all a, a when does life begin as a religious argument to her. Ability line discounts and disregards state interests and the undue burden standard has all, all of the problems. How that is your interest anything but a religious view? 
Um, the issue of when life begins has been hotly debated by philosophers since the beginning of time. It's still debated in religions. Um, so when you say this is the only right that takes away from the state the ability to protect the life, that's a religious view, isn't it? Because it assumes that a fetus is life at when? You're not drawing here. When do you suggest we begin that life? Your Honor, I, I, aside from... I'm putting it aside from religion. Putting it aside from religion. It's a... It's, it's, it's a religious statement in and of itself that life doesn't begin at conception because under the definitions of biology, life begins at conception. The cells begin to multiply. A reaction begins to happen. Y'all remember a few years ago? Now, it's, it's been more than a decade probably. They found that meteorite in, in Antarctica that they were sure had come from Mars based on its composition, and they found a cellular, what appeared to be a fossilized cellular organism in it, and they were celebrating life on Mars. Y'all remember that? When did that life begin? It was a single cellular organism. They're in search of life on Mars even now. It's crazy to me that that a, a what we would call a zygote, the the when the sperm and the egg get together and they begin to to create that new life, that we want to give it less protections than a if we were to find a virus on Mars. My gosh, the amount of celebrity there would be for for that virus that we found on Mars, a bacteria, that microbe. It's all religion. You may not think it's religion, but it's all religion. Every single one of you, including the people who think the argument by faith is a ridiculous argument, you put your faith in something. You put your faith in science to tell you what happens. There's a lot of things science can't tell you. There's a lot of stuff that science can't actually explain. You, by faith, presume there will be a scientific explanation. By faith, you believe that the universe was created from nothing. What came before the universe? You don't know. It's all religion. The reaction of abortion activists is the reaction of an idolatrous people who worship something, themselves or something else. That's what it is. And when you worship something else and it becomes religious, you don't have to take responsibility for that portion of your religion. You don't have to take responsibility for your God. Your God takes responsibility for you. So when the sex act becomes part of that religion, you no longer have to take responsibility for the byproduct of that. You can end that because it's all part of your religion. You're not taking responsibility for it. You're engaged in a religious act. A sacrament of your religion is giving money to Planned Parenthood and supporting abortion, if not having an abortion. That may offend some of you, but it's religious. There's no such thing as no religion. It just takes different forms. And some of you just worship science, and you have no answer for what comes before the Big Bang. And you know what? I do. The answer, let the listener understand, is I am. 
All right, those of you on the phones, do me a favor, please, and just hang out for a few more minutes because I don't have a long segment here, and I want to be able to get to your phone calls. The rest of you, if you want to call in, 877-973-7425. Well, I just completely went off the rails with Felicia there. This is why I like Fridays, though, because you guys can can spark commentary from me. Um, I'm already getting the hate mail. <laughs> But I'm right, and you know it. Uh, Defense uh, Deputy Secretary of State, rather, not not Defense Secretary, Deputy Secretary of State, Winnie Sherman, has told Senator Jeff Merkley that the Biden administration wants to slow down and water down the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act. That's uh, pretty incredible. The Biden administration is pretty terrible on China. Josh Rogan writes for the Washington Post. This week, a private UK-based investigative panel released what it says are classified Chinese government documents that appear to show how Chinese President Xi Jinping personally laid the groundwork for the systemic forced assimilation of ethnic minorities in Xinjiang. It's the most damning proof to date of the ongoing Uyghur genocide. So why can't Congress pass a simple bill to stop the products connected to that genocide from ending up in the U.S.? The documents revealed by the New York Times over two years ago from the same tranche of leaked Chinese Communist Party communications add to abundant evidence that the Chinese government's mass internment, mass forced labor, forced population control, family detention, and cultural erasure of the Uyghurs fit the definition of genocide. Yet the Democratic Congress can't seem to get the Uyghur Forced Labor Prevention Act passed. It turns out... It's the Biden administration that's blocking it. Marco Rubio also said U.S. corporations that profit from forced labor in China, like Apple and Nike, are lobbying against the bill. That's true. Nancy Pelosi denied Marco Rubio's allegations of stalling and promised that the House would pass their version of the legislation. They've passed it once, 406 to 3. They're going to pass it again. But the Senate is now saying, and administration sources are confirming, that the Biden State Department is blocking the legislation in the Senate. They're trying to get it slowed down. Jeff Merkley is a Democratic senator from Oregon. He's one of the co-sponsors. Wendy Sherman at the State Department says that the administration wants a targeted, deliberative approach as opposed to a blanket prohibition on buying from forced labor. That's incredible. That's incredible. The administration, you should know, is publicly saying they support it. The administration, the Biden administration, is publicly saying they support the Forced Labor Prevention Act on, on the Uyghur uh, Forced Labor Prevention Act. But in private, Jeff Merkley, a Democratic senator from Oregon, is acknowledging that it is the Biden administration behind the scenes that is trying to stop it from being passed, even as the, in public the Biden administration says they want it. This sort of duplicitousness is allowing genocide to fester. It's horrifying. We may need an action item on this one. We, we may need you, – you should text the word ARMY to 33777, sign up for the, the action ARMY, and we may need to – get everyone to start emailing their members of Congress. I may have to set something up on this. Um, Join the Army of Activists because we need to get this legislation passed. 
and the Biden administration needs to stop opposing it and understand in public they're saying they're doing nothing to obstruct it. In private, even Democrats in the Senate are saying the Biden administration is blocking the legislation. This is unacceptable. we got to work on this. All right, when we come back, I do want to spend some time with the rest of you on your phone calls. I'm sorry. Um, just be patient with me. we got a lot of people who want to call in. 877-973-7425. If you want to be a part of the program, we also got talk about Mitch McConnell. A uh, buddy of mine just sent me a screenshot of a group working with the uh, New Orleans Archdiocese and their charter school program. I'll just leave it here. Uh, Marlo Berea, and then in parentheses, they, them, theirs, works in education and reproductive justice. Oh, oh, they always, you got to be vigilant. You know, what was it? Is it Roger Heinlein? I forget who the rule, who, who said the rule that any organization not explicitly designed to be conservative will one day become progressive. That's what happens. All right. It's time to take phone calls. It is an open line Friday, 877 877- Nine seven Eric eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. Alex, you're going to be up first. Welcome. Hey, yeah, I got a quick question for you. Um, you know, first off, thanks Eric, for appreciate everything you do. You guys uh, do a good little setup, man. Um, definitely sets everything in perspective when you start putting politics way in front of uh, everything else. So it's good to have that setback. Um, just a couple questions. I'm a Georgia native and. Uh, uh, you know, on the upcoming governor race, and I'll ask you, make a point and ask you a question, and I'll let you um, go. But um, you know, I'm just curious: at what point does is um, is Purdue really on online with with um, doing this and and going in with Trump? Because I just find it hard to believe that he seems like a good guy, and I've been, you know, like I said, a George native, that he could really sit there and see that this is not this could not turn out well. If you know in the primary, because I, I, you know, we all know that Stacey Abrams, in my opinion, is a snake, and she's probably just sitting back waiting. Yeah. Oh, she wants and, a bloody uh, Republican know, primary. She absolutely does. Yeah, absolutely. I will tell you. And, I've and had a couple people tell me that he could announce as soon as next week. Um, I hope oh, he doesn't. Man. And uh, let me let me yeah. just say, it would be very costly. Uh, I think that the Kemp yeah. ads kind of write themselves that uh, David Perdue uh, bailed on a debate against a guy who dressed up as a Jedi. Um, and, okay. Yeah, and and that Kemp beat Abrams and Purdue didn't beat Ossoff. I, 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 and I, I yeah. listen, I, but I need to say this, and, and this gets to something you said originally. David Purdue is a great guy. I genuinely, yep. genuinely like the man a lot. The problem I found in politics is that oftentimes uh, you get surrounded by people who tell you not what you need to hear but what you want to hear. And if you yeah. want to hear that I can beat Kemp, you're going to be surrounded by people who tell you that because they want to they want to end on yeah. the action too, and that happens a lot, uh, particularly among more wealthy individuals in politics. It becomes very easy to get grifted, and I'm afraid something like that is happening now. Purdue won before, and I didn't support him the last time yeah. when he ran the first time. I supported my friend Karen Handel against him. Because uh, I just really assumed, mm-hmm. given his background as a CEO and unknown, that he would be terrible. And he was a great senator. He was. And so I was yeah. so happy the second time and, and backed him. And I I was so upset when he lost. And he barely lost to Ossoff. Um, but yeah. he lost. And he lost because uh, Republicans talked themselves out of voting. And I just I, – I wish he wouldn't do this because – 
it just it it'd be such and, a nasty primary. And I guess that leads to my question is because I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm you know I was a Trump supporter like you. I donated to his campaign, but now I think it's like you. I think it's time to move on. And you know, and it's Republicans do a good enough job eating or you know screwing it up on our own without the help of Democrats. And so I, that's why you know is there a way you know to reach out to him or reach out to his campaign as like you know the general public to say you know hey this might not be what's best for the state and all that stuff well i'll tell you um i have heard multiple people have told me that uh, he's been calling reaching out to various donors uh and trying to get their support and some of them are telling him not to do it and they won't support him and and that they're getting frozen out after that Uh, i don't know whether by him or by his staff um, but if you're calling people and they say you shouldn't do it and then they're getting blacklisted, yep. that's not a good sign. Yeah. Um, but I, I hope he does it. And, and look, Alex, I'll, I'll let you go there. I appreciate the phone call. Uh, the phone number here, 877-973-7425. Uh, and, and I feel the need to reiterate this. I genuinely do like David Perdue. I like the man. I think he is a solid guy. I think his wife is a wonderful person. I like them tremendously. I think David Perdue was a very good senator. I frankly think if David Perdue were governor, he'd be a good governor. He's got a good business mind. But I think it's a terrible idea for him to run against Brian Kemp, and I will support Brian Kemp. Because we need unity, and there are a whole lot of people who want to divide up the Republican Party, break it into factions, and frankly, President Trump is one of those people who wants the support and the loyalty, and it's about him. It's not about David Perdue, and I, 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 I'm I, sure when, when everybody's whispering in your ear, do it, do it, do it, do it, you get to thinking it's about yourself, and it's not. It's about President Trump avenging his loss. It's about payback for him. It's not about Purdue. And I don't think that Purdue needs to get himself in a position which he would be doing, even though he would rationalize it in a different way. The truth is he would be doing it as an instrument of Donald Trump's vengeance, not as a candidate running for governor. And if you're going to run for something, you shouldn't run as a tool for someone else. You should run with your own agenda, and as much as he wants to say it would be his own agenda and claim that Brian Kemp's done this, that, and the other wrong, this would all be about vengeance for Donald Trump, and David Perdue would not be able to be his own man in that regard. I like the man. This is a disastrous idea for the state of Georgia if he were to do something like that. Now, let's go back to the phones, 877-973-7425. Let's go to Keith. You're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, you're talking about the failure of the education system, and if you want tangible proof of that, look no further than the ASVAB. Uh, I'm a recruiter and a substitute teacher, and when I enlisted in 2004, they considered a 50 average intelligence. And early 2010s, they lowered it down to a 31. And now the Army is experimenting with uh, going down as low as 16 to get people in. Jeez. And, yes. Wow. Um, we've had experiences of kids trying to enlist, and they couldn't read basic English. Uh, oh. But the schools had to pass them. Man, so, so I, I, I got to tell you, 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 if so I was my 
brother-in-law was a Navy recruiter in uh, Natchez, Mississippi. And uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of funny there. Now, okay, so Keith, you're, you're in the Army. My brother-in-law uh, in the Navy. When I grew up overseas, my parents would always host the enlisted in the Fifth Fleet. They'd come to Dubai for the dry docks and stuff. So it was very natural that my okay. oldest sister would one day want to join the Navy or, or wind up dating a sailor. She wound up getting married to one. He was the, the Navy recruiter, and he had me take the ASFAB. Uh, just one. I didn't know what I was even taking. I was just. This was basically uh, my brother-in-law Paul, while he was dating my sister, babysitting me one day. I was in twelfth. No, no, no. I was in eleventh grade and got an eighty on the ASFAB. And he basically spent the next year trying to recruit me into the Navy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and now, now we're, we we just keep lowering the standards. Oh my gosh. Um, yep. It really is sad, and and you know it, it's. Uh, it, let, let me ask you this, and I don't want you to get in trouble here, so don't talk out of turn. But I keep hearing the stories about the military, not just with the ASVAB, but overall lowering and getting rid of impediments to recruitment that they used to have. Because one, there are a lot of people who don't want to be recruited, I guess, because of the Iraq and Afghanistan war. But two, as well, just the the standards that can't be met beyond just the ABFAB score. Um. I can't really, I'm not really sure about all that, uh, but I can say that it is getting more and more difficult uh, just because, like, everyone's on ADHD medicine nowadays. Everyone sits around. Uh, we actually have a major problem with uh, people getting stress fractures in their hips and legs because of the sedentary lifestyle they have now. So, oh, gosh. Your, uh, your, drill sergeant, your drill sergeant actually has to give you a, uh, a protein cookie every day while you're in basic training. So, Good grief. Um, My, yep. You know, maybe, so I got a brilliant idea. Someone needs to patent this, Keith. It, it, we, we make a gun where the trigger is a joystick, and and it may, may, we can tell them they're playing Call of Duty or Fortnite and do it that way. Maybe, maybe that'll get it some more. Gosh. <laughs> Listen, I appreciate you calling in, Keith. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of the day. The phone number, uh, 877-97-ERIC, 7425 if you would like to be on this program uh glad to have you with me um i you know this is one of the big issues or i struggle with this with my kid um and you, we've started playing golf i'm actually going to go get fitted for new golf clubs this afternoon i all i so uh my buddy jeff we did the bourbon and butts thing last night he was there um i i made the mistake of teasing him he lost i'd given him a good cigar when we played golf last friday and he we got halfway through the golf course and he lost it. And I was teasing him. He didn't know how expensive it was. So he sent me money last night. And I feel like, man, I should have never picked on him. I feel guilty that he felt the need to send me money. But we're going to go play golf again. I'm going to get better because I there's apparently a golf company. A buddy of mine says I'm a real snob for getting golf clubs from this company. I've got a golf fitting, PXG. I don't know anything about them. But they apparently make good golf clubs for people who suck at golf. And my golf clubs are about 20 years old. I'm going to have to give them to Philip so he can go play with me and still be bad. Uh, and I'm going to, to do this uh, largely because, you know, when I was in law school, I worked for a hiring partner at a firm who also did the parties. And he could take the unopened liquor bottles back to the liquor store after a party was over and they would give him his money back. But he couldn't take the, the beer back. So he would give it to me and my buddies and I. We got great at drinking beer on the golf course and we're terrible golfers to this day. I mean, people talk about their, their handicap. Uh, my handicap is 91 on the first hole. And it goes downhill from there. Um, and, but I love to do it. And I have no idea why I started this. It popped into my head and it was relevant to something I would say. I know what it was. Aha! 
forgive me, my kid, I've been taking him to play golf. And it gets him off a screen and out of the house. I, I just, as an aside, I got to tell you all, we struggle as parents. And, you know, I, I hear people say, when I, uh, when I have a kid, he'll never have a screen. I'll never give my child a cell phone. We won't have any gaming devices in our house. Shut the hell up, people. You don't know what you're talking about. You want them because your kids don't leave you alone and you're trying to make supper and have to entertain them. So you hand them the iPad. And then they keep the iPad. And there are many days where that's not a bad thing. My wife yesterday, I was in Atlanta. She was at home. Our kids' school, y'all, go get your flu shot. As an aside, go get your flu shot. Our children's school is shut today. Everybody's got the flu. My kids got the flu shot, and my my 12-year-old is homesick with a fever. Not COVID. There's something else going around as well. But... My daughter's fine, but every kid in her 10th grade class has the flu now. And something like 70% of their elementary school has the flu. It is just burning through the school. Nobody got the flu shot because why get the flu? The flu's gone away. Everybody's getting the COVID shot. No, go get your flu shot because, you know, my pharmacist, uh, Laura, at, at Publix, uh, Publix grocery stores, uh, my pharmacy, and she saw me walking by a few weeks ago and she said, Erickson, you need to get your flu shot because your wife, we were starting to see people get the flu. You, you need your flu shot. And I'm glad I got it because they are being overwhelmed with the flu at my doctor's office. Uh, it is becoming a thing. So uh, go get your flu shot. But with my kid, we had to get him off screens um, because he's having this problem and, and his friends. And I'm seeing kids his age who are slumped over because they're looking down at their phone and they're getting all hunchback and stuff. It is a real problem. I thought people were exaggerating the problem. No, sir, Bob, they are not exaggerating the problem. Uh, we got a problem with kids staring at the screens. And, and don't lecture me on, well, you should have your experience. It's easy for you to say when your children grew up before the Internet or you don't have children, when your children are plugged into this world, denying them a screen on occasion. Oh, my gosh. People, g- g- live in the real world, please. Don't lecture me on my parenting skills. My parenting skills are fine. Sometimes... You just need a break from your kid. I will say this, though. We had to take him all away except on the weekends because he was using them too much. So he's not allowed to use them during the school week. It's amazing how much more engaged and talkative he is without a screen. He looks at this screen all day long and doesn't say a word, and now we put it away. And my wife and I are looking at us. Can we give the kid the screen so he'll shut up? I mean, we love our kid. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's just it's amazing to see his personality come out when he's not behind a screen. All right. Do I have time to take? Yes. I'm going to take a phone call real quick. Uh, Dan, I'm going to go to you next. Welcome. Yes, thank you, Eric. I love your show. Thank you. I have a question about this: the abortion debate um, concerning a unborn child. Is it a person? It is a human, but is it a person? Uh, my question is: if it's not a person, and I cause the death of a pregnant woman's unborn child by, say, a car accident. I can be charged with a felony. I believe they say infanticide. If I wreck my car into her recklessly mm-hmm. and she loses her child. However, that therefore you're saying that child has rights because I'm being charged with a crime. But yet if that mother decides to end that unborn child's life uh, willingly, th- then it's not a, a right. 
That's yeah, my question. This is the absurdity of the logic in the abortion debate, Dan, that, that the child <laughs> is a child if the mother wants the child to be a child. And if the mother doesn't want the child to be a child, then the child is not a child. And you, you should not have to rely on someone else to give you personhood. Uh, that's, again, one of the arguments of the slaveholders in the South before the Civil War, that that's part of the problem in the debate here. I mean, what about the mother who decides to terminate her pregnancy and on the way to the abortion clinic gets in a car wreck and, and the child is killed? Is Does she collect money on the child or does she pay the guy for the cost of the abortion? I mean, uh, oh, it's a horrible thing to say, I realize, but I mean, th- this is the logic of the game here. When you allow someone the choice of bestowing personhood on someone else— um, it should not be someone's choice. You either are a person or you are not. The phone number 877-973-7425. Y'all, I got to tell you, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm is there on sale right now. You can get the three-pack. It's a good deal, particularly if you want to give three friends an Eden Pure Thunderstorm and save some money along the way. You get $200 off. You get them all three of them for less than $200, and you get free shipping. What you do is go to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. You click on my name, Eric Erickson. You put the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack in your cart, and at checkout, you use the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. Not the word three, the number three, ERIC3. Miracle of miracles, behold! You get $200 off. You get all three of them for less than $200, and you get free shipping. So you get one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your car or your basement, or you give three different people three of them or give one person three of them or give one person two of them and another person one of them. It works. It cleans the air. It doesn't just clean the air. It eliminates odors. That's why I love it is because it eliminates the odors. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. Your discount code is ERIC3 at checkout. Yes, you can call in. It's an open line Friday as well. Braves, I know there are management members at the Braves who are listening to my program right now because they email me. Have you signed Freddie Freeman yet? I, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm waiting for the announcement. He apparently wants something like $180 million spread out over a number of years. Give him what the man wants. He's earned it and he will make you a ton of money. You, you won't go broke. You, you won't. You know, I was listening. Uh, I can't play the whole thing. Uh, you know, the, there's a, lockout in Major League Baseball. It's not really that big of a deal. They're not going to miss any games. Uh, spring season starts soon, but not too soon. Um, the thing is, there is a problem in baseball. I am i don't know necessarily that they need a cap like other sports have. But what do you do to the smaller teams when you've got – the Yankees, you got the Dodgers, you got billionaire owners, you got a company like Liberty Media owning the Braves. Uh, what do you do for the smaller teams and the smaller markets that can never compete and never have a chance because of the way the funding system works in baseball? That I, I, I get those concerns. I really do genuinely get those concerns. The small market teams you need. Uh, how do you deal with them? And Major League Baseball thus far doesn't have a solution. It looks like maybe they're working on one, and that'll be good uh, for the good of the game. We need that game to survive. It's America's pastime. When we come back, we'll your calls. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.